Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Obviously, the year 2020 has been the craziest year of our life. Everybody feels the same way. You're, you're, there's the anxiety, there's the, the fear, there's the what's next. There's, and here in South Louisiana, we didn't just go through COVID. We also got some extra friends that came along with it. I think Laura, she came through. Delta, Zeta, Etta, James. Who's next? I don't even know. We, we've had extra things. We, we drove in today watch, seeing some of the houses, still blue tarps on them. And you, you're almost like, what is next? And then we go through an election, or, well, the election, is it over? Is it not over? How many of you just go, I don't care, just get it over with. It really don't matter anymore. I'm just sick of it. I figured I'd get an amen on that one. And so we, we've gone through some very interesting times. You, you want to you wanna look across our church? Have you noticed our church doesn't even look the same anymore as we've come back? You're, you're looking around the room and you go, well, I haven't seen so-and-so. There, there's been a storm that's come through our church too. It, it's, it's removed some things. You can call it whatever you want to call it. You can call it a shaking, and that would be true. We have walked through a season of shaking. Do you remember what the scripture says? Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And only that which is pure will remain. You can call it a pruning. You can go to John chapter 15 and say every branch that does bear fruit, he'll come in with his shears and he'll clip them back because he has a purpose in it that he wants it to bear even more fruit. You can call it a fire. He said that he would light a match to things and whatever is wood, hay, and stubble would burn away and only that which is pure would remain. Is it possible that we're walking through now not a physical thing but a spiritual thing? Are we walking through something that is spiritual that's not physical? So you got to make sure that you stay in the spirit and that you're looking through spiritual eyes and not looking through the eyes of the flesh. If you look through the eyes of the flesh, you're going to be fearful, anxious. Are y'all tracking with me so far? In fact, you're going to be able to tell whether you're in the spirit or not just by what you feel. And I want to talk to you about that, but I want to give you a word as we walk through this COVID-19. If I could take you behind the scenes of our Savior's church. I'm going to take you kind of back. I know you see all the, the lights and all of the fog machine and all of that. And how many of y'all remember The Wizard of Oz, the movie The Wizard of Oz? You remember that? Dorothy finally gets to see the wizard. And it's that big head there with the flames. Do you dare come to the wizard? And y'all remember the little dog runs to the back and pulls the curtain back and there's an old dude in there pulling the levers? Well, I want to take you behind the scenes of Our Savior's Church because it isn't really all this. It's not. And God, we have to see what God is saying to us in this season. And it'd be 
uh, Pastor Don, myself, and Pastor Jacob as the directional team over all of our Savior's church, you included. And we, we just said, what's God saying to us during this season? You got you to ask that question. Because if you don't get the revelation of what God's saying through the season, then the revelation continues. I mean, the season continues. If you go, how many want this season to change? Get the revelation. It doesn't really change until we get what God is trying to say to us. So somebody, this is free, by the way. If you don't like the season you're in, quit praying for the season to be over. Pray that God would reveal to you the very reason for the season. Once you get the revelation, then the season changes. Are y'all tracking with me? Some of you who've been around, can I get a witness? So don't, don't want the season to go. Just say, Lord, what is it you're trying to teach me? What are you trying to say to me? Let me give you a word, and, and you've been hearing it. God is saying to Pastor Jacob, Don, Pastor Don, myself, he's, he's pointing something out to us saying, you've got to get back to something. You've got to get back something that we lost focus on. We've got to get back to. We've got to get back to discipling. Jesus didn't command us to go into all the world and plant churches. He commanded us, say us, to go into all the world to make, to make disciples. That, that is a mandate not on me. That is a mandate on us. That is not a professional job. It is those who are called by Jesus who have been born again. Do I have any in the house? Do I have any in the house? If you are born again, then you have a role and a mandate from Jesus himself that you should be busy about something. And he said to make disciples. Now, let me help you with that just a little bit. Let me, let me take a little bit of the, man, that seems like a big word, discipleship. I want to help you understand, so at least we're all taking off from the same spot, what do we mean by help making disciples? And I'm going to talk to you for a little bit. I don't even know what time I'm supposed to end, Don. What, what time do I end? Whenever I want to? Glory to God. I got something to say. Okay, let me help you. Now, well, let me, let me give you this definition. Let me, let me take you to what Pastor John Piper, who's probably one of our great theologians, Bible teachers of current time, he gave a definition for discipleship, and I like this, and I want you to just see it. He said, people need to become Christians first, right? Born again is not the end, it's just the beginning. So at the end, if I'm going to pray if you're here today and you want to give your heart to Jesus. That's just the beginning. It's not an end that we give our life to Jesus, we ask for forgiveness, he forgives us of our sins, our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's not the end. God expects something that we would then take our next steps to continue to grow in him. He says people first need to become Christians, and then people need to be taught how to, say the underline with me, think and feel and act as a Christian. Think, feel, act. Step one is to be born again. But then I'm going to need some help on knowing what to think and how to think. Because it all begins right here. 
There is a war between the space that's between your ears. It's happening right now. And I'll give you an example in just a few moments. That if you think right, you'll feel right. And if you feel right, you'll act right. But if we get feel before think. Come on. I know some of you ain't been saved that long. How many of you, your feelings ever got you into trouble? Come on. You lie, you fry. You're in church, you go straight to hell. How many of you have ever felt, so, hey, baby, how you doing? And that feeling got you into a bad spot. It all begins with the space between our ears. In fact, let's, let me take you to the scripture, Romans chapter 12, verse number 2. And I'm going to read it out of uh, the New Living Translation. It says this, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by the Holy Spirit. No. By going to church. No. I got to, I got to, I got to get, I got to get, I got to get control over what's happening between your ears. Because there's always a battle for what you're thinking. By the way, can I tell you how the enemy plants seeds in your mind? Watching CNN. Oh my gosh. Watching Fox News. Oh my gosh. He'll try to get, he tries to get access to this. And when the scripture, by the way, let me help you just a little bit. I taught our church this in Opelousas. When it's underlined, you read it with me. So let's try it again. Just practice. 11 o'clock is going to get it a lot better than y'all will. <laughs> Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. He said, then you'll learn. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We live in a day where if you are feeling fear, anxiety, anxiousness, we got all kinds of reasons, COVID-19, storms, elections, what if Trump wins, what if he don't win, what if, what if whatever happens, what if nobody wins, that'd be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> there is a battle for what's going on between your ears. Now, if I could just push pause for a second, I want to I I give you something to go home and watch. How many of you have Netflix? There is a documentary, write this down, called The Social Dilemma. I want, I want you to watch it. And, and, yeah, thank you, my brother. Is that you, Dr. John? You've seen it? You have what? It's scary, isn't it? Let, let, me, let me just help you with what's happening in our nation. And one of those, one of those men, I, I, I watched an article, and here's what it's basically about. I won't give you the whole spoiler alert, but... It's talking about how social media is being used to cause us to go into polarization in tribes. So he, he actually, one of the guys, he said, he took, he said, look, if you could just picture this, if you could picture a sheet of paper, and if you could picture taking it through a shredder, and the paper represents our shared truth, what we have in common. 
But we all believe together. We love our country. We believe, maybe we believe in God, or maybe we believe in, we all want the same things. We want just the same opportunities for our children. We want our children to grow up and be more blessed than us. He just talks about the common truth that we all share. And he said, but then you take that same piece of paper and you take it through a shredder. And how many of you have seen a shredder, how all the little pieces are there? He goes, what social media does is it begins to polarize us into little strips of people that believe exactly how we believe. And if you don't believe how exactly how I believe, then you're wrong. And how it's causing the dividing of our hearts and our nation. You're watching it play out on CNN and Fox News every single night in the streets across America. Watch this. We're watching it now play out in the very house of God. That the disunity you see on the streets is now happening even in the pews and even in this house. I I, I pastor a congregation that's about 50% African American, 50% white. There is some tendencies on the political spectrum to flow one way or the other. It's amazing how good people in my church get behind sitting in their underwear eating Cheetos. (laughs) I I know, I've seen you. (laughs) And you decide you're going to put out there what you think. Well, I think, look at me right here. I don't care what you think. And let me tell you something else. Nobody else cares what you think. Or where you're eating at. Or what you're doing next. But what ends up happening is the polarization that's happening out there is now impacting the church in here. Isn't it supposed to be the opposite That the unity of the believers in here is supposed to be impacting the world out there. Okay. Can you put my definition back, bro? It says to me that we've gotten born again, but we haven't learned how to think. I had to call my mama. She posted something. (laughs) Mama, you're killing me. (laughs) Well, I just wanted to post that. I said, let me help you, mom. That is off a website that is satire. That is not even true. It isn't? No, they're joking. Oh, okay. We have to learn how to think. All discipleship is helping someone think like God thinks. What do I need in order to think like God thinks? I need two things. I need the word and I need a brother. Because if I have the word by myself, 
sometimes my head can still interpret what I want it to say, but I need a brother who's been ahead of me, who's walked along. I see some gray hairs up in the house. Hey, we're going to need you more than we've ever needed you in our life. We need you to help us think like God thinks. Because what we begin to do in the church is stand over the scriptures and interpret it instead of letting it be over us and interpret us. We need you. We need you. We need you. Some of you have walked through the valleys of the shadow of death. And you've come out on the other side and you've seen the faithfulness of God. You can say and you can testify, he is faithful and he is true. That's what grandparents do. Grandparents don't answer questions. Grandparents give perspective. Oh, baby, don't worry about that. It's going to be all right. You've gone through it. You've said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. I know where you're at, baby. But let me give you perspective. Let me tell you what God thinks. Are you on track with me? Because if I think right, I'll begin to feel right. That you can look at the election and what's going on around the world and going, I already know that God is in control. I already know... He conducts the affairs of man. He lifts one up. He tears another one down. He's already 12 moves ahead of us. He, he ain't even worried about this election. He got 12 elections ahead of us he's working on. Preparing hearts and getting ready. I'm so excited. I believe God's word. God is preparing us for the greatest move of God. We sang it today. Lord, we want to move. Do you want to move? We're getting prepared for a move of God. We're going to need you to think to feel. I, I, uh, emotions can lie to you. They can. They've gotten me in a lot of trouble. Anybody else here? Can they testify? Emotions? Of, okay, thank you. I want to make sure. The rest of you are lying. <laughs> in church. But emotions can be kind of like the idiot lights on your dashboard in your car. Hey, idiot, you need oil? <laughs> it, it can be a warning going, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. It never changes. I called Pastor Jacob the other day because I felt something emotionally that wasn't right in my heart. I had a request from a family. Pastor Eugene, could you do this for us? We were going through a hurricane down here, the last one. I don't even remember which one it was. And they wanted me to go. And Heidi's going, you can't leave me. We're going through a hurricane, and I'm feeling guilty because I'm going to have to say no to this family that we love. So I'm driving down the road. I need to call them. I need to tell them no. Heidi or this family? How many of you know, if I would have said yes to this family and no to Heidi, I'd, I'd still be paying for it. So I pulled over the side of the road. I actually called Pastor Jacob. I go, let me tell you what I'm feeling right now. I need you. I need my pastor. I need someone. I got the scripture, but I need a brother. I said, here's what's going on in my heart. I feel like I'm a people pleaser that I'm even wrestling with this. I don't want to be a people pleaser. And he said, Pastor, you, in your flesh, you can be a people pleaser. But in the spirit, it's what makes you a good pastor. You care for your people. Let me tell you something. You need to call him and tell him no. Because your first responsibility is Heidi 
and your family. And I just went, thank you for helping me think right so I will feel right so I can pick up the call and act right. Look at me. That's all discipleship is, is helping someone think right so they can feel right, so they can act right. Are y'all tracking with me? Let me take you to the scripture to show you how it works, okay? Let me take you to the book of Acts, chapter 2. I'm just going to take you there real quick. And I'm going to give you Acts chapter 2. It's a very famous verse, chapter. It's the beginning of the New Testament church. Let me catch you up. If you're not familiar with Acts chapter 2, Jesus has already been crucified. He's already resurrected from the dead. He's already visited with the disciples, the resurrected Jesus. He's shown himself to over 500 believers. And he tells the church, or the future church, go to Jerusalem to the upper room because the Pentecost celebration is about to take place. I want you to go there. Wait for me there. I will send you the promise, the promise of the Holy Spirit. They don't even know what the Holy Spirit is. So they go, they do exactly what? 120, go to Jerusalem, rent an upper room. They get in, what y'all gonna do tomorrow night with Pastor Randy? They just got up in an upper room, began to pray, worship together, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit falls in that room. The scripture says it was like tongues of fire resting on them. They began to actually speak out in languages that they had never learned pretty phenomenal. It's a phenomenon. Well, what was happening on the streets, the Feast of Pentecost, the Jewish believers from all over that region and different parts of the world are now coming to that city for that same festival. Just think Mardi Gras. How many, anybody ever involved, been involved in Mardi Gras? Anybody ever been on a float? Anybody ever fallen off of a float? Think that way. That's what it's, it's the Jerusalem is bustling with people there for the celebration coming in. They speak different languages and all of a sudden they hear from this upper room the praises of God in their own language. They don't know what's happening. They don't know what's going on. They're just speaking this language overpowered by the Holy Spirit speaking it. People in the street are hearing it in their own language. And that's where we pick up the story. Acts chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. They all stood there, the people on the street, dumbfounded and astonished, saying to one another, what is this phenomenon? But others poked fun at them and said, they're just drunk with new wine. Then Peter steps forward, verse 14, with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you. Fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about it. These people are not drunk as some of you are thinking. Where does it begin? In the mind. They drunk. They ain't drunk. You're thinking they drunk. Because you're thinking they drunk, you're making fun of them, but they ain't drunk. You're thinking wrong. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. It's much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Young men are going to see visions. Danny, old men are going to dream dreams. 
In those days, I'm going to pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they're going to prophesy. He goes on. He goes on to preach a message about this Jesus who lived a sinless life, who was going to give his life to pay for your sins and mine. Pay our sin debt that we all owe. You owe it. He paid it. He resurrected from the dead to be the booyah moment. Booyah. To be the exclamation mark. Verse 32. Can't you see it? God has resurrected Jesus and we've all seen him. The God exalt, then God exalted him to the right hand upon the throne of highest honor. And the Father gave him the authority to send the promised Holy Spirit, which is being poured out upon us today. This is what you're seeing and you're hearing. Now, everyone in Israel can know for certain that Jesus, whom you, is the one God made both Lord and Messiah. Let me help you think right. Here's the truth so that you will think right. Watch what happens. Verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were crushed. Now they start feeling right. Crushed. Convicted. Do you see the power of truth? The power of truth. They're crushed. They were deeply moved. And then they said to Peter and the other apostles, what do we need to do, brothers? Think, feel, what do we need to do? Of course, you know what they said. You need to repent. You need to be baptized. You need to receive this Holy Spirit. And then you need to join with us in the mandate that we have to go and make disciples. And the church was birthed that day. 3,000 new believers. Help me out, Isaac. I'm going to close. Isaac, that's you. <laughs> 3,000. He's going to be on it the next service. He's going to know exactly what to do. Let me see if I can get this. I've been working out. 3,000. Do you remember what they did right after they all got saved? They started meeting in homes together. And they started teaching one another how to think how to feel, and then how to act. Sometimes religion just gets right to, let me tell you how you should act. Instead of saying, no, 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 you're not thinking right. Let's go to the Word, and let's see what God says about it. I get asked questions all the time. I, I got asked a question the other day. I, I, we, we lost a dog. We, we never were dog people. Now we, we, we inherited a couple of dogs, a little farm we bought and inherited them. And, and then they captured our heart. Anybody ever here lost a dog? I mean, it's like losing family member almost. It's like, oh my God, I go, what's wrong with me? So Heidi goes, we need to go get another one. I go, no, this is cool. 
So I go to the shelter, and there's a man at the shelter, and he comes up, and he's helping me look at the dogs, and, and he goes, well, is there anyone that you would like to choose? Any of these are available. Is there anyone that you're feeling you'd like to choose? And I said, no, I'm just, I'm not here to choose a dog. I'm seeing if one of these dogs chooses me. And I just kind of walk through, and none of them like me. <laughs> it's weird. And he goes, Pastor Eugene, he goes, I, I know, well, first he said, where do I know you from? And I had my baseball cap on, and I just said, uh, I don't know. He goes, no, I know you. I've seen you somewhere before. And I said, well, maybe do you go to church? And he goes, that's it. You're that pastor at that church, aren't you? And I said, I am. He goes, I've been wanting to talk to you. And I hate when that happens because that means they're usually going to ask me some deep theological question that I don't know the answer to. And it's embarrassing. And he says, I've been wanting to ask you this. I said, all right. Do all dogs go to heaven? <laughs> we all know the answer to that. I said, yes, of course. All dogs go to heaven. Dogs go to heaven, cats go to hell. We all know that. Don't y'all know that? That's not true. Yeah, I'm just joking. I mean, the Bible does say that the lion will lay down with the lamb, and a lion is nothing but a big cat. So if big cats are there, I guess little cats will be there too. Look, all we're doing is trying to help people. They got to get saved. They got to be a believer. But after that, then they have to get with, I need a Bible and a brother. For you girls, we need scripture and a sister to help navigate and walk this thing out called life. It's called discipleship. Just helping somebody think right. Man, my old lady. Hey, bro, you ain't thinking right. First of all, she ain't no old lady. Whatever you name her, she will become. You call her old lady, she'll become an old lady. That's why some of you need to call her Jennifer Aniston. I don't know. I just made that up. That's what one of the men in our church said. I'm calling my wife Jennifer Aniston. Look right here. Everybody look right here. In conclusion. I've had the privilege, and probably Pastor Paul probably beat me. But I don't know. I've probably done 100, and 100 plus weddings in my career. I like weddings. Because you, you stand in the position. It's pretty cool. You get to stand in the position of the Father. You represent. I'm not the Father. He is. But you represent the Father. You're, you're going to lead these two in a covenant not with just one another but you're going to lead them into a covenant with God so it's kind of a three chord strand it's the wife to God and to her husband and the husband to God and his wife and they're going to enter this covenant it's a beautiful you know how weddings go right I mean you've seen them and it, it's, it's a beautiful type and shadow because we're called the bride of Christ and he's called the groom, the bridegroom. We just got it a little wrong in the way we do it. 
Y'all know how weddings are. That, that girl, she's been thinking about that dress, pictures and things. She's been thinking, you know, should I do something low? See, you know, I'm on my back. Is it going to be a mermaid or is it going to be flowing? I'm going to do the veil. You know, I'm not going to do that right now. And everything changes all the time. And they're Pinterest and things. And then her and her posse all are going to get together. They're going to go around. They're going to look at all the dresses. It's going to cost a fortune. Fortune, right? They're going to do that. Him? He ain't doing that. He's going down to the tux place. $79.99. Rent it for the weekend. Got them ugly shoes. And then he's going to tell you, hurry up, pastor. I got to get this back. <laughs> right? Y'all know that? And then we're going to get there, right? We're going to get there at the wedding day. And I've done it because I'm pastor. So we just get it. We're in the back. We don't even get a song. No song for us. Me and the groom, we're going to walk out to something like Isaac's playing now. We're just going to walk out. Here he comes with his $79.99 rented tux. Stand there. And then she's in the back. In our campus, we have a bride's room. We ain't got no groom room. He gets dressed in the back bathroom. She has a bride's room. Her and her girls are all in there. She got someone flown in to do her makeup and her hair. He ain't got nobody doing that. I'm in the back one. Hey, bro, you got a hair out of play right there. No song, nothing. We walk out there and everybody goes, oh, I guess the wedding started. Because we're all waiting for who? And then all of a sudden she gets special music. The doors of the church open. And then everybody does what? They all stand up and y'all look at, oh, look at her. She's beautiful. Oh, I love her dress. I love that dress. Oh, my gosh. Listen, we've done this. You know this is true, Pastor Paul. I'm not lying. There have been some ugly women look good on that day. That's true. Oh, oh, quit acting like you ain't never thought that. You see her walking down and you're going, man, she cleaned up good. Some of you even said things like this. You're lying. You said things like this. I don't know what she's doing wearing white. Just keeping it real, folks. Let's keep it real. Keep it real. And then she comes, walks down. She's got, everybody has to come before her and drop stuff, flowers. He ain't got no flowers. He gets nothing. $79.99. She's got flowers, makeup, and we all rise. And ooh, she's so beautiful. And then she comes walking up here. And then she has an entourage. They all... And then she goes, take my flowers. Okay, I'm ready. And then we all go, okay. She, here she, okay, okay, we can start now because the queen has arrived. We got it all wrong. We're the bride. We should be waiting it's not about the bride it's about the groom it's about the groom and he said in order for the church to be ready 
I need you to do something. I need you to go. I need you to go into your world. And I need you to help people think right so they can feel right the peace of God. Even when the world is falling apart, it'll be the world that knows that I'm real because they're fearful and anxious. But you stand there like you're in the eye of the storm because you go, I'm thinking right. Because I'm thinking right, I'm feeling right. I got peace. And they'll say, what is it in you? So that we'll do right. Look at me, church. If you're in this room and you're born again, then Jesus is expecting you to make disciples. Who do I? Oh, the Lord will bring them to you. If you'll just go ahead and prepare your heart that you're going, I'm going to obey the Lord because it ain't about the bride. It's about the we still We still come to church like that. Well, they didn't play my favorite song. It ain't about you. Well, I just don't like that way that pastor preached today. He's making fun of ugly girls on their wedding days. It's not about you. To go, no, no, no. I'm going to receive this word from the Lord that he is expecting something of me that my job is to help to get the bride ready so when the groom comes, we'll all be ready. Are you with me? Are you with me? Do you receive this? Listen, here's what's going to happen. In the next coming weeks, you're going you're to hear more and more about discipleship. We're just getting you ready. We're just ironing out some spots, some wrinkles to help you start thinking right so that you'll go, you know what? Maybe I do have something. You do. You got some. Some of you got the scars. Sometimes helping somebody think right is just by helping them show what you used to think wrong. I used to think that way. And helping them navigate so they can get the word, the word and the word, the, the word and the spirit changes things. If we've learned anything through this season, where's everybody at? If your roots weren't deep, this storm will blow you away. Which means we have to get back to the original mandate in scripture. Not build big churches. But go and make disciples and let God do what he wants to with that. That's up to him. But you have something that somebody needs. It's not about you, bride. It's about him. Do you receive this word today? Do you receive this word today? Thank you, Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we do stand before you today, repenting. We're like a selfish bride. It's all about our day. It's not our day. It's yours. And that, Father, we are recommitting 
to the commission that you gave us to go into the world and make disciples. Father, I pray that maybe today you've helped us think right today. And maybe we're feeling something. It could be conviction. Not condemnation. Conviction. Would you forgive us for not being busy about your mission? Father, thank you for what you're going to do in New Iberia. I pray over at Heidi and I, Danny and Pam, we agree together. Let what's happened in Opelousas happen right here. It needs it. Father, come. The foundation has been laid for generations. The history of this church is phenomenal. The seeds that have been planted year after year. Father, would you rain on them and may they begin to come forth and produce incredibly the great days ahead for this congregation we pray thank you for what you're going to do we give you all the praise glory and honor in Jesus name every head bowed Christians would you pray right now I just want to just take one moment of the service and just ask this simple question if you died today would you spend eternity in heaven the scripture says it's appointed man wants to die and then the judgment which means we'll stand before almighty God what are you going to say when to, if he asks you, why should I let you into my kingdom? You can say, I went to church, I, I, gave, I gave a tithe. I gave. None of those things even matter. G Nicodemus came to Jesus in the middle of the night and says, how can I receive eternal life? And Jesus said to him, you have to be born again. You have to give your life to Jesus. He paid your sin, your debt, your guilt, your shame when he died on a cross. And he rose again from the dead so you could rise again too. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He, made, he came to make dead people live. And maybe you're here today and say, Pastor Eugene, I need to give my life to Jesus. I'm not, I'm far from God. It's as easy as A, B, C. Just A, admit that you're a sinner. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have fallen short. We can't keep it. B, believe that Jesus came to pay for that sin, guilt, and shame. And he paid for it on a cross. And C, confess him as Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you'd like to be born again, I want to pray for you right now. No one's looking. Christians are praying. I want to pray for you right now. Would you slip your hand up all over this room and just say, Pastor, you, I want to be born again. Would you hold your hand? Thank you, ma'am. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Congregation, can we just add our voice to these? Would you just say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my guilt, and my shame, and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go and that you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven purpose on earth and a relationship with the Father so today Lord Jesus I turn from my sin to be born again in Jesus name Amen can we give God all the praise for that